Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. I, think, I think we can stumble through this thing pretty easily. I'm in it. Um, I mean, it's we're talking nomad, nomad land. We're talking buckets. <laughs> What kind of bucket's your bucket? Are you more of a five gallon, a two gallon, or a seven gallon? Partial to the prettiest two gallon. Alright, welcome to the Greatest Movies of All Time Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5, but also Episode 32. <laughs> That's gonna it's gonna keep happening until it gets absurd until, until you break someone's brain <laughs> until i break my brain or i lose track of the previous episodes notes so i can't just update the numbers hello well, to everyone listening whenever wherever you are including those in our patreon live stream keeping us on our toes they'll always let us know if i miss up with that episode number but speaking of toes welcome jb and gabriel to another episode of the podcast toes? <laughs> i felt it just worked as a segue we all got toes. It's true, um, and and you you have to use those to ride on top of a Segway. So, agree. Yeah, it all it right. comes full circle. That's true. Now, all of us, all the, the anointed ones, are back. Uh, JB, you're still on special assignment in a remote location, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. glad you're here. Will not disclose. And before, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to shake it up a little bit because it's rare we get these messages. But before we get into our discussion about the best motion picture of the year. According to the Oscars, Nomadland, which is today's episode, I wanted to pull a question sent to us from one of our Patreon supporters, and they sent us mm. to this at uh, greatestmoviespodcast at gmail.com. This is from Patreon user The Real Barry Egan, and they have the question that says, Hey, gang, do we care that Dexter is coming back? No. <laughs> oh. So it's coming back. He's back. Yeah, it should. <laughs> so have, have you guys seen the little teaser trailer? No. Oh, so I don't know if the, I want to. So Showtime, Showtime hmm. last week, we're trying to be topical, released. I saved this for pre-show, um, early sh- beginning of show banter instead of the Patreon pre-show. They just <laughs> released a little teaser trailer um, of Morgan Dexter standing in his snowy cabin. Um, mm. And smiles, and that's it. That's it. That's the whole trailer. And, and then I think, teaser, it, right? I think it says just coming soon. Yeah. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. So that's that's our that, hot take. That series <laughs> had one of the worst final seasons of any series I can recall. That's and why I was. That's why was, the final episode was just absolute garbage. Right. That's why I was intrigued by the real Barry Egan's question um, about bringing Dexter yeah. on this. Like, did because it was such a polarizing ending um, to a well, series. I mean, I would, I would go what is so this, far you know? as I, I mean, I honestly, I would go so far as to say of the eight seasons, four good. It's funny. I, I upon seeing that tr- teaser. I pulled up and just rewatched episode one, season one, just to go down memory lane a little bit. 
And <laughs> I was I was happy to revisit the origins of Dexter. But then after that first episode, I was like, I'm good. Like that that, that <laughs> teaser got me reconnected with the series, but then I felt it was enough. But let's be honest. I mean, I'll watch this series, but Well you I mean, like it. Yeah, well like I don't think I, I don't think I will. Yeah. What about um, you? Yeah, JB, you're. Have you, are you? Have you seen the Dexter stuff? Are you intrigued? Only, only his laboratory. I haven't seen his uh, murder. <laughs> that, that makes murder sense. Show. That definitely <laughs> makes sense. Those longtime podcast listeners. Um, that was that was the original series, and yeah, this yeah. this is this is where the crossover. He's all growing. Dee Dee. No, yeah. the laboratory's right in your wheelhouse. I get it. This is the better call Saul of uh, the Dexter's lab. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So. That's that's correct. No, so that was just a weird <laughs> weird thing. I thought I would I would throw it out there, see where we we land on that. Because um, that was like back in the I, day, that was kind of the series for a little while. Yeah, I hope they bring back Whoa. Didi. I really do. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I'm gonna. Yeah, I like I said, I I did watch the series, and I I I carried on with it through to the end mm-hmm. mm. but yeah it's it's a really spotty series it is it is right i mean you you have some episodes that are, are outstanding and you have some seasons that are early really good right the the uh trinity killer season with john malkovich i think it's like a really good mm-hmm. season um and that was like season four but yep. I, I feel like I feel like season one was okay, and then like season two and three were sort of spotty, and then season four was pretty solid. Um, so, and then I don't I don't remember there was a season with Colin Hanks. Oh, that's right. And that yeah. one was okay. And then there was a season with Julia Stiles, and that one was kind of hit or miss. Mm. yeah so but but yeah i yeah i don't know so the real barry egan check in with us again when this series drops and we'll kind of see drop us line again at our greatest movies podcast at gmail.com and we will uh let you know if if we're enticed by it but i thought i thought i would let him know our thoughts on the tv series dexter and if this is your first time listening to this here podcast we are the greatest movies of all time and each episode we take a film we discuss it we debate it and we decide if it is one of the greats now and forever. Um, and to close the show, we always play a game of some sort. But before we get into the films, we're also participating in our own self-created fantasy film league this year mm. called League of the Greats. All the information is leagueofthegreats.com, including our scores, the current standings, our draft picks. You can look at all the films we're tracking and even make up some of your own if you'd like. But um, should we do a quick, we had a little bit of a score adjustment because yes. we have finally some, some films are about to be popping up on our yes. thing. So I think we can do a quick check-in, but I know our next episode, we'll probably go into a little more in depth because we're going to, we're going to hit. Yeah. Well, we've got two films on the board that will, by the time we record the next episode, they'll, they'll actually be available. So we should have reviews for both. Um, yeah, I mean, not a ton of movement here. Uh, we, the the one new 
uh, film that, that we have scores for that hasn't actually premiered yet um, is Zack Snyder's Army of Dead, which JB did draft um, as mm-hmm. one of as his streaming pick. Um, mm-hmm. And and currently with with a, a handful of reviews in, um, that's sitting at a seventy seven on Rotten Tomatoes, which is helping, um, <laughs> you know, negate some of of JB's early negative pointage. Um, but that's that's really the only new score. There've been some minor changes to uh, critic scores um, and fan scores for some of the the counter picks. But I'm I'm not gonna go through each of those yeah. individually. Uh, just an, an overall scoreboard update. Um, and and JB, like how how are you feeling about these early returns on Army of the Dead? You know, it's finally nice to get some positives. Uh, uh, that's a great feeling. <laughs> I. I'm a tad disappointed, you know, this is Zack Snyder and he just released his Snyder cut. And I thought maybe, maybe people would warm up to him now that he's doing something different and less gaudy, but, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, it's a victory. It's positive points. I'm not used to that. I'm happy. Snyder is proven to be a solid pick, you know, so Mm -hmm. far in the league this year. I mean, I mean, zombies are not outside of his wheelhouse, lest we forget. It, that he he did direct the remake of of dawn of the dead right this is sort of you know back to his roots and yet 77 is a little disappointing you gotta say zach he didn't have he didn't have james gunn over there writing his 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 screenplay for him so you know um yeah. we'll see how mr gunn we'll yeah. see how mr gunn fares later in, in the in the the league yeah, man, Zachy Boo Boo. I wish you did better, but I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, um, I, I yeah, think, yeah, ahead, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll just see where it lands. It's, it's, it's. What we're learning here is kind of the initial, where, where the initial reviews land. You know, it mm-hmm. scores then. Yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, don't stray too greatly from that that general consensus. Well, if if I remember correctly, right, even with the Snyder Cut, right, the early critics' reviews were in that kind of mid to upper 70s range. And you're, then right. It kinda, you're right, you're right. Uh, then it did shot up quick. Yeah. Kind of settled into around a 71 or so, mm-hmm. critics-wise. Like, But fans, on the other hand, right, you're right. Snyder yeah, no, Cut you're right, is you're still right. in That's that right. the mid, mid, mid to upper 90s. Um. But uh, coming Listen, back to the overall, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying in this league, we found JB. If you're getting mm-hmm. a score in the 70s, you're happy. Like it's you, you, you did you did a thing right. Yeah, it's not a bo- it's not a boogie or a chaos walking. That's all we'll say. Ah, chaos walking. Still breaks or even my heart. a cherry or yesterday. Cherry. I mean, yesterday is expected, but chaos walking, boogie, cherry, those are all heartbreakers. Um, my, my coming absolutely. to America, right? I mean, that one's true. That's that true. one, that one sandbagged me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall scores. Overall scores. So, so still in fifth place is Nicky J, but he did did gain uh, 
uh, a positive two points and is now sitting at a negative 51 as opposed to a negative 53. Um, JB is in fourth place, but but he has cracked the sub negative 20 or Amen. plus negative 20. It's not sub because it's yeah. negative numbers. What? So he's super. He has more than negative 20 and is sitting at, at a negative 19.75. Um, Lee is is hovering just below the, that break-even mark with a negative 6.5. Um, Jesse's in second place with a positive 16 points. And I am sitting in first place still with a positive 48. Um, and and just to, to kind of reiterate, the, the two films that are both going to premiere um, after this episode is recorded prior to the recording of the next episode both of those were drafted by jb mm-hmm. um so we should see some movement one way or another there on on jb's scoreboard full movement baby stay tuned that's no, cool no, I'm, I'm excited as we hit into some of the summer months here because i think we're going to start seeing the the league I mean, we're starting to get more and more trailers, right? Like uh, the trailer for the Green Knight Mm -hmm. um, dropped this week. Uh, I do, I think, what else do we have coming? Uh, In the Heights, right? We've Mm -hmm. we've seen trailers for that recently. Um, That Luca. uh, The trailer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, I, I did watch that. So, so poor, the double dip on, on poor Nicky Nicky J. J. I watched, double dip. I saw that trailer. Oh boy! That's all I'm gonna say. Oh boy! Still haven't seen a trailer for Spirit Untamed. No, uh, but you let me know when you hear about that one dropping, Jesse. Oh. I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing what, what happens there. That's that's all Untamed. My my largest uh, regret in the draft. I mean. Uh, <laughs> I know we've gotten a couple of trailers for Suicide Squad, but I don't think that drops until August, if I'm correct. So we, yeah. we've got a little we, we've got a little bit of time there. Um, but no, it's 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 kind of I, I feel like the trailers are exciting, right? That they at least give us something to kind of start mm-hmm. seeing. You know, do we feel good about these picks <laughs> or counter picks? Um, I'm I'm feeling a little shaky with my counter pick of in the heights. I'm I'm still standing by my my thought process on that that musicals are are a tough sell mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. most audiences. Um, and and I always I, I mean I always feel like that transition from Broadway to screen is a tough one. Just yes. let's just I mean let's look at Cats. Mm-hmm. No, don't have to, I don't want to look at cats. I didn't look at cats. Did it was not, a great film. Did not look in that direction. For the history books. <laughs> Definitely made history, we'll say that. That's true. It, true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um I'm I'm just waiting until the the version where they edited back in the cat butts. That's true. <laughs> that it's like freely available and then I'll then I'll watch it, you know? Highbrow. That's the thing. And and obviously we you know, Jesse's still holding out Hope on his is his Paddington two effect with the, the Peter right. Rabbit Peter Rabbit two, two. which again if, if if memory serves me correctly yeah no the bump for Paddington two was about a three or four point bump it's true it's true to perfection uh 
whereas Peter Rabbit one was sitting around like a sixty three. I think. Yeah. No. So it's it's gonna spring out of spring out of the bushes. It's gonna surprise what? everybody. They really missed an opportunity to not like you know get that one out Easter weekend. That, I feel that might have helped our situation. Might have helped me a little bit. No, yeah, honestly, a little nervous about that one too, but I'm gonna hold out hope. I'm gonna hold out hope. So it's exciting, yeah. Check out our drafts. Check out our picks at leagueofthegreats.com. Um, we update it semi regularly, but it's uh, everything's there. All our film picks, all our things, and this is various other info about the podcast is on that website. So that's true. Leagueofthegreats.com link is also provided in the show notes on whatever thing you're listening to this on. All right. So what we always Link is do is also the protagonist for all the Legend of Zelda films. True. All the films. All the films. Netflix was going to make games. Films? Yeah, games. But Whatever. Netflix was going to do like a series. They're cinematic. But I think they got canceled. I'd watch it. Or there was the old Link, old Link cartoon from back in the day when he was like, Ganondorf. Excuse me, princess. That's his tagline. <laughs> So, besides the animated Zelda series from the 1980s, has anybody seen <laughs> any movies recently? Um, our quick little rundown. Um, yeah, who wants to kick us off? I know, Gabriel, you've seen a lot of films. We mentioned that in our Patreon pre-show. I've seen a handful. JB, where you at? What, what, what's kind of... I know you've been on special assignment. Do you see any uh, anything recently? Anything I between? did. Let me, let me look through my watch list. All right, what are you, um, doing? what are you doing? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's All right, go. Do it. Do it. Do it. We'll go for. Uh, gonna go for Lawless. Lawless. Tell us Lawless. Lawless. It is a film featuring Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, and a third gentleman whose name I am searching now. I'll peek behind the curtain, you know, Jason Clark. Mm-hmm. As well as Jessica Chastain, Guy Pierce, and um, what's his face? Gary Oldman. There we go. I remember yeah. the trailer for this film. Oh, Mia Wasikowska's in there too. Dane DeHaan. It's got it's got a good good set of faces. It's on Showtime, streaming now. Um, great little country western like tom hardy plays a bad boy shia LaBeouf plays a bad boy but he's conflicted uh three brothers the bondurants are prohibitionists a alcohol runners in a western town and the the old urban chicago guy played by guy pierce is coming in to shut them down regulate it you know sort of add a lot of the situation and they're not having it um, it doesn't get as gory or as bloody. It's a lot more of like a, not, not quite slow burn, not quite fast burn, definitely not intense, gory, explosive action packed, mm. but, um, it's good. It, play, it flies under the radar. OTW for sure. Um, OTW. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, I always appreciate a film about bootlegging, um, Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, during the depression, and and I think of note here is that this screenplay was written by Nick Cave. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty. 
I think that's interesting. That's very interesting. Surprising. Yeah. It's nice. It's, uh, I don't know. It was impressive. Maybe it is more violent for some people, but I was expecting, I guess, a little more like Martin, a little Quentin Tarantino action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not quite that gory and, and crazy. Tom Hardy plays a great protagonist. Shia LaBeouf has a little bit of a character arc with um, subplot there. And yeah, it was nice. It's beautifully shot. I love I love Westerns, the way they're shot. And, watch? and just in kind of because I did notice that the film was based on a novel by someone named Matt Bondurant um, mm-hmm. and that the character names are Bondurant, it, it does seem, at least at first glance, like this is loosely based on his his family's story. Yes. Yes, this is based on a true story. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was a good movie. Highly recommend. Cool. And on this on Showtime. Nice. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Yeah, I've seen it. Like I've, I've come across it a time or two, but I know I've never. Been... I mean, anything Tom Hardy, you oh. can't let go. Lock, still one of the best A twenty four movies. That's, yeah, that's I, what I was gonna say. This has some some folks in there. Some of your some of your comfort folks that you return to in this film. So Tom Hardy is JB's guy. Yeah. Hey Amen. If I could live in another body, it'd probably be Tom Hardy's body. Have you seen the Venom? It changes shape a lot. Have you seen the Venom trailer? Let there be carnage. Let there be Tom Hardy. That's all I'm going to say. Watch that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. I mean, anything, the trailer anything. for the first Venom film was... Uh... Yeah. I, I missed the first Venom. I, I am going to be watching this new one only because of the draft. I did not watch the film. I did see the trailer, and yeah. that's why I did not see the film. Look, the trailer's that. already got 10 million hits, so y'all can <laughs> take that to the bank. In a day, ten million. Woody Harrelson. Pretty good. In the, the new Venom. I didn't know. Yep. That. I didn't Spoiler know. alert: He's Carnage. I, I figured. I figured <laughs> they kind of show you in the trailer. <laughs> Spoiler alert: He doesn't wear shoes. All right. So, um, any other any other films? Are, are we capping it at Lawless? Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a one film a one film a week guy. Listen, we always appreciate it. We know what to expect. I'm consistent. I deliver. Jesse, what you got? Oh, what I got. I'll go quick because I haven't seen too many myself. Um, more than one. I'll do a, a follow-up. I, th- I believe a previous episode, Gabriel, you mentioned um, Synchronic. We talked also a little bit about Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson and their films. And how, yes. I'd kinda, how I'd been coming from the beginning of their career. You'd kind of been working backwards. Um I skip. I still haven't seen Endless, but I did pick pick up on Synchronic, watching it on Netflix the other night. Um, really enjoyed it a lot. I will say, I think it's it's definitely a watch for anybody who likes anything a little, um, what like little mind bendy, a little like sci fi based, but within reality, it's not too far fetched. Funny, I was gonna just say bendy. Yeah, it's a little mind bendy. <laughs> like things that are a little bendy. I will say though, I really liked it. Solid performances. I do recommend it if you're into that kind of thing. It's, it, it's not, but it's not my favorite film by them, um, which, which was a little shocking. Cause I figured, oh man, they're just going to get better and better and better. 
Um, but some of those those earlier two films I really liked. Um, but I'm still happy to have watched it, and I'm really happy to see, or really curious to see where these two go. Or like what, like yeah. you, I think you mentioned, like when they get a little more money, a, a, a bigger budget, what could they really do? Um, but they're they're still spinning super interesting stories and 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 awesome ways of like filming and telling it. So one that they're able to accomplish a lot, I think, with with very little. Yeah. Um. And 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 to your point, I, I really enjoy Synchronic. I thought the Endless was better. Mm-hmm. Like for for me, I preferred the Endless to Synchronic. Yeah. And so so yeah, maybe that, yeah. Maybe maybe we're just telling maybe maybe they're like decreasing. Like I don't know because I don't. Well, have, listen, listen. I like, really like you into that first half of yeah. the of the filmography, but I really liked Resolution a lot. Um, mm-hmm. the, their first one, Spring. I, I, I like Synchronic more than I liked Spring, for sure. But Resolution, I think, still my favorite. But Endless is I'm ready for it. Once it comes comes my way, I'll be watching Endless real soon because I'm still excited for those two as filmmakers. Um, I'll, I'll gobble up anything they make. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, no, sure. I I definitely intend to continue like down this path with them. Like I, I want to see what they do. Um, I, I think they're they're some of the more interesting, like young mm-hmm. uh, filmmakers I've, I've I've like tapped into in the last five to, to six years. So oh, for sure. Um, one or two quick ones I watched. Speaking of Netflix, there's the recently released um, Netflix space film. The um, space drama Stowaway. Stowaway, starring Anna Kendrick and Daniel Day Kim and Shamir Anderson and Tony Collette. Um, liked it, didn't love it. It's fine. I think it's solid performances for sure. Solid film. It was kind of an OTW use uh, JB's phrase, but I, th- there's a previous film by this director called Arctic um, or the Arctic that I, I watched on Amazon prime about a year or two ago. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that film a lot. Um, and so that's what attracted me to stowaway and, and enjoyed my Mads Mickelson. Yeah. And he's, okay. um, he's like he's stranded a... after a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's really, really good. Um, and so what brought me to Stowaway was this is a director who can tell a story of individuals in isolation, individuals um, with kind of um, extreme peril to overcome. And um, he still does a really great job in Stowaway. But it was just... And, and from what I've kind of did backwards back research about this is that originally he had written this sort of Mars trilogy with with a writer friend the, the the writer of this film which i don't have in front of me ryan and, morrison and who also co-wrote arctic yes so and they're, arctic, they're in a aaron moorhead justin benson thing yeah that not sci-fi leaning but more drama isolation yeah and so the intriguing story behind this mars trilogy that they were working on was that the arctic was originally part of the mars trilogy stowaways movie number one the Arctic is movie number two, um, being stranded on Mars, and then there's a, a third film. Um, obviously, the Arctic came out before Stowaway. The trilogy got scrapped. Arctic got reworked. And instead of a stranded on Mars film, it was a stranded on Earth in the Arctic, which I think was probably 
better decision anyway. But, but anyway, Stowaway, it's worth, if you got Netflix, you're going to just put it on. You, you, won't, you won't be disappointed. Face drama. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, it's not a high recommendation, but it's fine. It's just fine. Um, I am slowly, I'm halfway working my way through a 1997 film starring, starring James Spader because I'm always attracted to his films uh, called Critical Care. And I think that's on HBO Max. I'm about halfway there. I'm enjoying it. A good old late 90s um, film. Helen Mirren's in it. And I'm liking it. I'm going to finish it. That's all I'm going to say there. I'm not done. But Critical Care, got HBO Max, looking for a, a kind of a 90s film. Like James Spader, check it out. And the final one I watched recently, as I was trying to pitch to the crew. I know, I'm up to four now. Um, I tried to pitch to the crew. Uh, we got Spiral, the book of Saw releasing also um, this month, which I'm just head scratcher. What is Chris Rock doing in this movie? Is should be the byline for that film. Um, I've wondered the same thing. <laughs> like, why, why is Chris Rock in a Saw movie? Um, is he a detective? Like, why is he a detective? Why is Chris Rock a detective? Why is Chris Rock in a Saw film? Uh, a film that's like what nine or so films deep in that franchise and i know this is sort of a rebooting or reimagining or redirection of the saw films a, a, a mm -hmm. film series franchise that i checked out a long time ago but i had positive memories of saw the original uh from what like 2004 and all of them are on hbo max like every saw film so i i watched the original saw the other night Mm -hmm. it's 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 still pretty good it's <laughs> it's it suffers i think more so because of the the direction the franchise went went and that every single film even saw one ends with the recap of everything that happened like putting all the pieces of the puzzle together and so you're left hey, at the... you just spend time watching this movie you don't remember what happened here yeah. we go let's all I, I, I need is the last 10 minutes of any Saw film, including the first one, unfortunately. But back then, when it first came out, I remember seeing it in the theater. It was definitely a bit more of a novelty, a bit more of a, oh, that's really great. And when Carrie Ells. Oh, he's great in it. And Ells? Yeah, yeah. From Princess Bride <laughs> of fame. He's good in it. I mean, Danny Glover, he's in there. Yeah. And there's multiple <laughs> individuals from like the TV show Lost in it um, that I'd forgotten about. Whoa. Terry O'Quinn in that? No, it's not Terry Quinn. It's the guy who played. Uh, man, I'm forgetting all my my lost characters' names. Um, what's his face? Um, the main, the leader of the others. Um, oh, that you... Ben. 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 Who ended up on like what that whatever that other series was on CBS? Yeah, like another TV was, series. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But yeah, and there's. Uh, a couple other just like familiar faces from from Lost, and they're like smaller characters. Um, ben Linus, yeah, Ben Linus. Ben Linus has like a, a pretty big role in Saw, and uh, so that was fun to see him. What's his real name? <laughs> Listen, I don't have my thing in front of me. <laughs> Look at these, Michael these... Emerson. Michael Emerson. <laughs> like, there you go. But he's forever Ben Linus. Jamie's <laughs> looking. At... Yeah. Wait. This is what happens when you lose all your interns. Yes. I mean, we, we, yeah. I mean, I granted, we probably should have figured out how to pay them a reasonable wage, but we also don't get paid for this, so it, that would have been hard well, on our part. Sandusky, this is on you. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Sandusky. Yeah, we got the intern cuts, but yeah, saw. 
It's, Come over it's, and I don't get fired now. It's Saw. All right. So I watched Saw. I, I wouldn't recommend it unless, <laughs> unless you really want to watch Saw. That's all I got to say. It's it's weird. I still I have fond memories of that first Saw film. Mm-hmm. And it's one that I feel like I've purposely not gone back to after the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, oh, th- this is an interesting Mm-hmm. Like it's it's novel, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a there's a novelty to it. it there's something in that way of like uh, that that style of telling a story that felt fresh when that film came out. Definitely. And then they literally just drove it into the ground. They drove it into the ground, and then there were so many other films that that took kind that. of then copied and yeah, spy- yeah spiraled. Yeah. You have the out yeah, of that yeah. spirals coming. <laughs> no, yeah, between what the cube, um, heck, we could, there's a number of them. Um, well, that's, that's a good question. The first cube film yeah, was, was that post or pre saw? There, there might have been, I think the first cube might have been pre saw. A couple of the cubes might have been pre saw. Cube, cube might have run its course. Cube. Man, we're getting Cuba Junior. Cube Cube was ninety seven. Yeah, I think I think like Cube Four was out by the time Saw One came out. Hmm. I I, I want to know now because I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious because I remember Cube when it yeah seven years later yeah yeah two thousand four so, is when we got Saw. I mean, I, and obviously Cube was a smaller. I remember that was like a rental. You rent that. Oh. It was a smaller underground thing. Well, and you could still get films like that, right? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like it's harder and harder to get films like that where somebody, like, oh, we we can pony up, you know, a couple thousand dollars, and you can make your fancy, your fantasy, mm-hmm. sci-fi novelty film, and we'll just put it out direct to VHS or DVD or whatever, and you know, whoever rents it rents it. Yeah, I'll say saw. There's definitely upon this rewatch, and I haven't seen it in forever. Um, over 10 plus years um it's it definitely shows this age it definitely things watching it you're like wow that's this is much more of a lower budget film than i also remember it being but um yeah whatever saw i'll be watching spiral with chris rock i'll report back well, and I wonder, is, is this a prequel? Um, from what I hear, again, I've done zero research other than clips of trailers I've seen, and I haven't even paid attention to full trailers. I think it is a Jigsaw copycat. And if our interns are here, they could double-check it. But I think Spiral is the Book of Saw, and it's somebody killing in, in the style of Jigsaw. Because Jigsaw died, I think, at some point in four or five in the saw series they kept saying he was gonna die multiple times i mean he was dying in the first one yes he was he was yeah he was on his dead that was like his whole thing is well that was like no no no, no spoiler alerts for saw but that was the big i mean no if you didn't see it that was that was the big thing was that that was the fun thing that's why i think why was this movie so great oh it's because he was like laying there in his own pool of in a pool of blood the whole movie and then he stood up yeah. and it's like Jigsaw's been here the whole time. And you're like, what? Well, and that's that's why I was curious as to whether or not this was like a prequel or if it yeah. occurred later in time. Because I was like, are they trying to plug in Chris Rock 
as like a younger Danny Glover, mm-hmm. but that's not what's and, and no. that's that's real. I was like, I hope that's not what they're doing. No. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on. What, what's your what's your film? Oh, sorry, boy. sorry, sorry to I'm linger. gonna try and run through these super quick. Yeah, because we lingered yeah, on. I, mean, I, I, we... I, I squeezed in a mini soft discussion, um, but it's happened. Done. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> now we don't have to do that episode. Yeah. Um, man, I saw a lot of films. A lot of films. Uh, there's some overlap here with some of the things you guys. So I saw Stowaway as well. I'm I'm on, I'm on the same page as you, Jesse. Cool. I think. You know, I mean, if if you just really like space drama, mm-hmm. and and you want, yeah, like you want to feel tense mm-hmm. about what what's gonna happen with these peoples in space, uh, you know, sure, give it some time. Otherwise, you know, that story's fine. I do think that the acting is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like the script needed a little more meat to it to to give the actors more to to kind of latch onto. Um, I'll move on from there. Uh, JB, I know you and I both saw this. I almost feel like hmm. this may be a table conversation, but I'm just going to mention it: the Mitchells versus the Machines. Ooh, yeah, let's table that. Is this a conversation we need to actually have an episode about? I think it's I think it's worthy of an episode if we want it, yeah. Done. Stay tuned. I think glad to agree with you. So I'll watch it. So I won't won't get into that. That's a, that's a Netflix um, original, uh, animated, produced by Chris Phil Lord and Chris Miller, not directed by them. Check it out. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> staying in the Netflix vein, did see the new Netflix. Thriller, uh, things heard and seen, starring Amanda Seyfried, Siegfried, Save, Save, Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried and Roy. Um, <laughs> I think her performance is terrific. I think this is a film that the first first half to two thirds, I think, is interesting. I. I feel like this film falls apart largely due to the fact that it was written by a man. Um, I feel like had had this film been written by a woman, we we would have seen something that that would have been more interesting in the final third, the the final act of the film. Um, I do think there there's some solid performances. Uh, casting is perfect. Even the the shitbag creepy husband um, is perfectly cast. It's it's very good at being a creepy husband. Um, but yeah, just when you understand these characters' backstories, and then you see the way things kind of play out, it, it's a little disappointing. But I mean, but if you're if you're just you know thirsting for a new thriller, uh, that, I mean that's that's available. You can watch it. I mean, Netflix really wants me to watch it because it keeps popping up every time I log on. I'm I'm sure it does. Uh, like that's the main, you know, like they always have that that one big. Movie. It's new. Yeah, it's new. I'm like, okay, Netflix, I'll get to it later. I mean, there's there's some other solid like casting in. I was like, in that the the film. Um, I, I do want to see it. You know, I it's 
it's it's not just uh safe read um f marie abraham's in this um you know it, 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 there's something there for entertainment's sake natalia dyer from stranger things is also in this but it's it, it just i feel like I don't know. I, I feel like, they, and, and maybe I'm, it just, it needed something else should have happened with the final third of this film that, that would have made it a lot more palatable. Um, I'm going to jump to prime really quick. Right. And I, I did watch. So I married an ax murder. Oh, love it. <laughs> love this movie. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I loved loved this movie <laughs> until yeah. I watched it this time, and I have so many questions. Like, I, I don't understand how any of this film makes any sense. Well, I don't think it makes uh, any sense from what I remember either. Mike Myers is unemployed uh, and doesn't is homeless. That's that's what my takeaway from watching this film. We never see his apartment. Uh, we never see him go to. He only goes. He only goes to his girlfriend's butcher shop to work and he proceeds to waste thousands of dollars of meat by mishandling it. <laughs> sure. They're breaking um, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of code there. And it, it just, it's, Oh man, it was rough to watch it as an adult. Um, versus, you know, obviously when I watched it, when it was a, a thing, um, mm-hmm. And oh my God, the fashion, the fashion is. I think just Mike Myers' hair. That bowl cut, <laughs> that butt I mean. part, like the 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 butt part. Yeah, the thing butt part is, and the bowl cut. Yeah, already on Wayne. <laughs> Not so much, Gar. Yeah, no, yeah, like you said, I, I remember just really enjoying it in in my youth. It's, I mean, I, I oh yeah, I I do too. But it was it was a rough it was a rough watch this go round. <laughs> Speaking of rough watches, I watched a film called Switch, uh, starring Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smith from 1991. Okay, uh, this is a film that is directed by um, Blake Edwards, who was famous for lots of things, but mostly the Pink Panther. Mm. I don't understand what this film is or who it was made for. The first, again, fine. The first like two thirds of the film makes sense. The last third of the film, oh my god, why? Like why? 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 <laughs> I, I I don't want to go into. Um. I don't really want to get into like what's problematic here, but it is highly problematic. Mm. Like there are some really horrible things that happen to give you just so that the setup of this film is there's this man who is a, a, a misogynistic womanizer. Um, He's killed by one of his, his lovers during what he thinks is going to be like this, it's not even a tryst. It's a quattro. It's 
he and three women. Um, this happens in the first five minutes, by the way. And then he is reincarnated as a woman. Yeah. And no. yep, that's there you go. You've got like those of you who can see the video, feed, the video you, you see that that that's the movie poster. Yeah. Um Jesus Christ. Ellen Barkin is amazing. I, I would like I'll tell you this. Ellen Barkin is fantastic in this film. She nails this guy's like mannerisms and like movements and, and it has this very like almost much she has a machismo mm. about the way she physically acts in space. But fuck what happens in the last third of this film. It should have never happened. It shouldn't have been written that way. And I don't understand who it was written for. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned it. That's why I pulled up the cover to jog my memory. One, I I have memories of either seeing this when it I came this out. This was an HBO produced film. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Just like or it being on when in in the early nineties on TV or something. So I remember seeing it. And then I, I even did you see this on Prime or HBO? Do you know HBO Max? So, I watched it on Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think it was. I think I actually had to rent it. Um, okay. Because I, because I swear, within the last two or three months, I I, I pulled the trailer to watch it <laughs> in in my like endless flipping on yeah. various streaming services. Because um, I'm always a sucker. I mean, heck, I'm watching Critical Care right now from 1997 with James Spader. I'm always like a sucker. Jimmy Smith is in this. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for familiar faces from the 90s films and i and i remember pulling the trailer for this recently and and opting to to skip it not watch it yeah yeah Ooh. yeah so it, I, i'm gonna move on i'm gonna yeah, I'm trying to keep keep things moving forward um i'm gonna hop over to hbo max real quick uh i did watch the the warner brothers hbo max new release Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no. I watched it. I watched it during a fit of insomnia. Um, I woke up. I woke up at about three thirty a.m. Are we gonna need to table this movie? Uh... <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. Uh, compare it to Mitchell's. It's a hard veto if you want to table this. No, no, no. Uh, I can't even bring myself to watch it. Jesus Christ! Dang what it. a like? Can we? Can we at least? I feel like we should all watch this film so then we can write to Warner Brothers and say, "Will you please stop making these fucking movies?" I don't know. Then it gets the view. It's so bad. It's it's maybe not as bad as the original Mortal Kombat. That, that's what I'm hearing that people enjoy the, the original more. But it's so bad. Yeah. No, my whole like, take on like it was visual yeah. effects are better, mm-hmm. right? Like the fight choreography is probably better, but it's so bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Now, it's like not even worthy of, oh, I have insomnia at 3 a.m. I'm going to watch this and hope I can fall asleep. It's, I watched this and now I regret <laughs> that this is what I chose to watch in my fit of insomnia. Yeah, I can see it. That bad. Yeah, my only feeling on it was I was curious because it's on HBO Max. But then I 
truly and like i said i was not even trying to like dismiss it but i was like oh this is just a movie of people fighting constantly i don't want to watch it well it, it, it i almost wish there was more fighting really yeah like, i feel like i would rather see more throat punches or kicks or whatever i just don't i don't i don't understand who this film was made for well i mean these i mean the resident evil films you know, like the, people want the Monster Hunter film. You know, these some of these video games keep getting filmed. Yeah, yeah, but but that Monster Hunter film is like, well, we, you know, we didn't make this before. This is new. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We made this new. It's this is a new thing. How many Mortal Kombat films are there now? I think this is only the second one. No, third one. Oh, there. There's a nine. Yeah, listen, I haven't seen it. There's also Street Fighter. Well, that's good. Well, oh, that's different. God, yeah. Right, but mostly the same. Yeah, like that. I, um, I miss, I miss. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Mortal Kombat films. Right, so I'm gonna just. I was a bear Street Fighter here. Kid. I was a Street Fighter kid. So there's there's 1995's Mortal Kombat. Got it. Mortal there is Kombat. 1997's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay, there is 1998's Mortal Kombat Conquest. There is. Oh. Mortal Kombat Legacy, which came out in 2011. This is crazy. Um, there, there's a movie uh, that came out in 2020 called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge um, mm-hmm. with Jennifer Carpenter, who I believe, and Joel McHale? Jennifer Carpenter? Oh. It's just, uh, this is they, maybe this is animated. Are they voices? But, yeah. Yeah. The, but listen, Jennifer Carpenter is is from Dexter, which we we yeah. mentioned earlier. I'm, but I'm just saying, like it, it, it's not like this is this is at least the fourth live action Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's just as bad, if not worse, than the other versions. Can we just can we present them with like a can we hire a legal team to present them with a document and ask them to just sign off on not making any more of these fucking shitty movies? I mean, we can try, but we don't have the interns to draft it up right now. Well, yeah, that's fair. They great, aren't lawyers anyway. Yeah, greatest movies. Be a terrible document. Podcast at gmail.com. Submit. I've wasted more time talking about Mortal Kombat I than I should have. All right. Onward. So both of these are recommended watches. And they're both on Hulu. And I saved them for this so we can segue into Nomadland. Oh. Um, there is a CNN-produced documentary from 2018 that I meant to watch when it came out in 2018 because I remember reading about it. It wasn't readily available. Didn't forget it existed, but kind of forgot I wanted to watch it. Um, Three Identical Strangers. Hmm. This is a documentary about three triplets who were born hmm. to a, a mother and as part of a sociological, psychological experiment, they were all separated at birth and given up for adoption mm. through oh. an elite adoption agency for Jewish children in New York. It gets more bizarre from there. This is a fascinating story about how oh broken 
and and kind of corrupt we are. Um, and this isn't even necessarily like a capitalist thing, but just as a society. Um, and our, our desire to try to understand not whether or not we should do something, but if we can do it. Yeah. And and when given the opportunity, it seems we, we will choose to pursue something rather than ask ourselves the question, should we? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a fascinating story. I, I think it's, it's a, it's a very engaging watch. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy watch. It is entertaining. It, it is, I think, important and poignant um, because the, the bigger question we should ask ourselves kind of coming out of this is if, if this, if these kind of sociological experiments were being done in mm. affluent communities, what was happening with less oversight? What was happening in less affluent communities? Um, mm. And so I'm curious, I like, I, I left this having these thoughts of, what what other nefarious bullshit have we done under the guise of of progress or trying to understand things sociologically or psychologically? Um, and yeah, I, I I think it's really I think it's a really powerful documentary. I think it's worth absolutely worth you know a little less than two hours of your time. Mm-hmm. It's engaging, um, but yeah, I, I I did walk away with that with sort of these larger questions. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And then finally, uh, a, a film that is, I believe it's, it's kind of framed as a horror film. Um, this was released in 2020. It's on Hulu. It's called run 90 minutes. Sarah Paulson, mm-hmm. Kira Allen. Uh, hmm. This is written and directed by Anish Chaganti. Um, and uh, there's a co-writer, uh, Sevohanian. But it's a story about a homeschooled teenage girl who is on the verge of graduating and moving on with life, who begins to suspect her mother is maybe not quite who she seems on the surface. I think the performances here from, from Sarah Paulson and Kira Allen are as, as mother and daughter um, are, are solid. Uh, Pat Healy, uh, mm-hmm. who, who we love uh, shows up in this. Yeah. We like Pat Healy. Um, this is absolutely worth your time. I, I think this is worth the 90 minutes. If, if you like, that thriller horror, um, you know, something's not quite right bubbling under the surface, mm-hmm. but you're not quite sure what it is. But yeah, this run. Yeah, no, runs, run's been on my radar. And now with that recommendation, it might, it's going to pop up. Hulu tells me to watch that one too. Whenever I pop it on Hulu, Hulu's like, watch run. Do it. Okay, okay I will. I, well, good, no, I, I mean, that was a huge list yeah, that probably took up movies. way more time than it should have. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't, 
Well, all the hard work. That, from... I think that's our segue into to the Hulu exclusive. Yeah. Oscar winning. Yes. Or yep. not only best picture, but best director. Best director. And best actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best. Nomadland. So they've Locked done boards. all they've done all the work for us. So, so that's, that we that's why we had the, the larger upfront. Yeah. So we we'll kind of do our votes. We'll uh, check out and. <laughs> and, and, and I, I mean, do we even need to vote? I mean, we might need to vote. Oh. <laughs> Two at this point. They already gave what they gave. I know away it's the, true. The I mean, I mean, who are we? Who are we to to say different? But well, but we do have a task. How about this? I mean, but I was thinking. I, I like sometimes how we are a little upfront. Sometimes, sometimes we vote at the end. Maybe let's do our typical um, round robin kind of just initial initial impressions, initial vote, and then we and, talk. Yeah, and then just kind of go from that. I don't think this will be a longer discussion. Maybe it will be. Um, and then hmm. just play a little game. Uh, JB, yeah, start us initial because you were the one. We were little, you know. Again, people in the Patreon know our kind of back and forth. They have access to our exclusive Discord. Um, right. They saw some of our back and forth and the the voting and the debate between Saw, No Man Land, Saw, and we ended up here somehow. <laughs> I don't I don't know how that happened, but but JB, you were the deciding vote, and um, hmm. so let's yeah, get us uh, thoughts on this Oscar win. Initial thoughts. Um, this movie hit on a few things, surprisingly, that I wasn't expecting. Well, first off, I didn't know much about Nomadland, except that there was an actress that played with some real nomads. Um, watching it, beautiful movie. Uh, the things that touched my heart deeply is the landscape. I love the American Southwest. Beautiful. They did a great job of, I mean, it's not too hard to put the American Southwest into a picture or video and make it look good. Very easy. And two, my boy Ludovico Einaudi, the composer, the arranger, the piano music. He is a modern um, piano composer. And uh, his music, like, I, I tuned out for a second watching Nomadland, and I tuned back in because I know his, his piano. Mm-hmm. And it just, I was captivated from then on out. Um, I love that. I love that. So I guess the visuals are cool, but just giving Ludovico a chance to score a movie was, uh, made me happy. So the Western landscape and a audio treat for my ears made me happy. First impressions. Cool. No, Sam, I thought it was, you know, I thought it looked great, obviously. Um, just, I think it's composition the way it was shot. It's right on point. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. The squat and I almost make me want to like circle back around and listen to it a little more closely. Um, but mm. so that's a layer that you know maybe overlooked a little bit. But I feel just the way this whole film was put together. Um, obviously, I, it, it supported it and helped you know embrace the emotions that this this movie kind of puts you through. Um, I'll say this. This was a movie like you. I knew I knew enough about it prior to I, I watched it prior, you know, right prior to the Oscars. Um, but it was a film I knew for a, a while. I was like, oh, I should see this film. This is one of those like, oh, I hear it's really good. I should watch this. But I I, I, I was never compelled to and 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 went into it not with low expectation. 
but went into it just somewhat unenthusiastically. Like, I'm just going to do my work. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fill the gap. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm, I'm just aware of what everybody's talking about and, and see what the hoopla is about. And I came away with, like I said, I thought, I thought a, a movie that was um, really good. I enjoyed it. I, th I thought it was one of my, as I sat with it a bit, my big takeaway was it was nice to just see a movie about good people, like people like looking out for mm -hmm. each other and people supporting one another, that there never was this, this negative antagonists or just tone that people had to confront. It was, it was, yeah, there were struggles and harshness that they were dealing with, but all the individuals that were encountered throughout the film that were introduced, everyone was just kind of supporting one another, whether it was like hitchhiking kids, um, people, you know, looking for seasonal work. Um, and even the people they might be interacting mm -hmm. with, you know, doing the seasonal work, but, you know, whether it's at the campsite or the, the whatever, everybody was, it, it never showed kind of a negative thing. And it, it felt like, okay, this is right. kind of a feel good movie. Um, in, in a try in, in a situation where people are faced with hard times, how does the community come together and support one another? Um, mm -hmm. I said, oh, as a message for a movie, I can get behind that. The fact that it is beautifully shot is a plus the fact, um, that it is, um, the acting is exquisite. Um, I mean, I love the character of Fern, um, and you really attached to her well. Um, but yeah, so I, I came away with a movie I was glad to have watched at the end of it. So that was my impressions. Gabriel. No, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think visually like the films it's fantastically framed and shot uh, i think it's well directed i again i think the score is perfect in in kind of setting mood and tone and 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 playing on mood and tone of conversations um i think there's a lot of like really poignant social commentary in this film around kind of mm. capitalism and issues of status and like the failure of the social contract and safety nets and, and how communities form organically out of a need. Um, I, I do, I think the, the thing for me that, that I love most, right. Is, is, I mean, you're looking at this and, and, and a lot of times, you know, I think, I think we get a little lost and thinking that oh well the woe is me and the the, the opposition to capitalism is largely this this like millennial or gen z kind of construct and i think if you really if you watch this film you really focus on you know what the messaging is there are people from the boomer generation who were left behind and and they're also questioning the validity of, of the economic structures of capitalism and, and how valid they are and how well they, they actually, how well the free market itself um, lifts all ships. Uh, I think that's valid. I think it's beautiful. And I, I think it's, it's a question that, that we're really, I hope, 
we're we're trying to reckon with and and I hope we're trying to address um you know I there's a lot of beauty in the vulgarity of some of what we see visually like in this film uh ultimately though that I I, I think the thing I kept coming back to is there's so many real people in this film right and there's so many real stories being told through this film. And I just I just wonder, would this have been more valuable as a work of documentary as opposed to a work of docufiction? Hmm. Because it felt at times this association with and, and look, I love Frances McDormand. I, I think she's an incredible actress. I think she's very good in, at portraying particular types of characters and emotion. She's very good at being raw. Um, I think at this stage in her career, she's so closely associated with that type of acting. I wonder if that somehow kind of detracts and pulls a little bit away from the sincerity and and the value of these these kind of raw real stories hmm. and so i it, the question i came to at the end of the film was like could this have been a documentary and would this have been as powerful sort of strictly as a documentary so th- i mean those are my initial impressions yeah, yeah. Uh, i think there's there's a lot of other subtle pieces here to, to kind of unpack. Um, I, but, but yeah, it's, it, it, it really, for me, it came down to should this have been a documentary or, or was this a film? Hmm. No, I like that question. Cause it's yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, I think, I would not. I would not have watched this movie if it was a documentary. Could have been the same story. Would not have watched it. See, that's funny. Like, I almost didn't watch it because it was a film. That's I mean. I think I almost would have been more mm-hmm. drawn to it if it. Well, if one of two things: one, if if if, if a it was either a documentary, or b, if Francis McDormand wasn't in it, um, and mm-hmm. it was, and again, nothing against her. I think she's great. Obviously, I, I said a few minutes ago, I loved Fern. I loved her character, Fern. But Gabriel has the point, too, is she, I'm not saying she's typecast or anything like this, but she has a, a role in a style she plays. And it's recognizable mm-hmm. in a lot of her films um, of, of recent. I mean, heck, you can even look at some of Fargo. Three, billboard, three billboards. Oh, the three billboards for sure. Mm-hmm. And so she was a bit of my aversion to watching this, not because I think she's bad. I Again, I think her award is well deserved. She is, she, she is, she's great. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's a bit of a distraction too, in some of the subtleties and the message of this film, and that's what kept me away initially too. Like, okay, this is maybe a little more over sentimentalized than it needs to be, um, because you got who's starring in it. Um, mm-hmm. Could have been a bit a bit more real and gritty for my liking. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, think a documentary I, 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 would have been great. 
Yeah, I uh, again, I I love Frances McDormand. I mm-hmm. in Cold Blood, I think she's mm-hmm. fucking fantastic. Like I, I love her in Fargo. I love her in so many things. Like she's a wonderful actress, and and she imbues like she she embodies like she she wholly puts herself into these characters i don't think we're seeing anything different here with the character fern Mm -hmm. right i think the character fern is fantastic but she's almost taken up the mantle of acting in in kind of films like this and three billboards as a point of activism and it becomes hard, right? I, I agree with with her activist point. I do. Like I, I lean more, I sympathize with what the messages she's trying to like put out there. Mm-hmm. But in a situation like this where we're really talking about marginalized people economically who are economically marginalized, who are ageist, ageistly marginalized. To have someone who who is living, you know, in Hollywood and and has a pedigree. Granted, it's it is a well earned pedigree. Um, to then function in this this capacity is, for me, it 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 almost diminishes the message in a way. Mm, I can see that. And it, I think I yeah. agree. I think I think it diminishes the message for people who, you know, the smaller audience that will actively seek out those stories and like be open to it. But I think it opens up the message to a wider audience. Yeah, no, I mean, so like there's a trade off. <laughs> I agree with that. Too. I, I mean, I wonder, though, because McDormand is such a she's such a polarizing actress anyway. Hmm. Right, like I, it, she's very outspoken. She's she's very liberal in her messaging. Mm-hmm. Like she's not she's not catering to the you know the 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 folks complaining about oh well because of you know mm-hmm. uh, unemployment benefits people don't want to come back people don't want to come back to work because you're not paying them any fucking thing. Like <laughs> at the point where you're having to compete with unemployment wages, maybe you should reconsider how you're structuring your wage scale um but that's beside the point i just i think she's already created right this kind of dome mm-hmm. around herself with regards to appealing to a broader spectrum politically and so i just wonder i wonder why this couldn't have been kind of this this documentary where we're able to tap into, hey, boomers, <laughs> like these are these are your people. They're living this way because mm. the systems failed. Yeah, I think it no longer becomes part of the story. It just becomes obvious. Like with this fictional narrative, it's sort of like loosely. So one example, Florida Project has Willem Dafoe. Would Florida Project work as a story about, um, you know, Orlando's underbelly if Willem Dafoe wasn't there, if they made a documentary? I think a similar question could be asked about that movie. Um, There's a truth in humans in that we respond to stories, allegories, 
we respond to the human condition through allegories better than through just like straight up. Yeah. The human condition's fucked. Um, like the reason animal farm is successful is because it's told through animals and we have more sympathy for animals. So I think there's this, there is a truth to like feeding the veggies, feeding the truth we need to hear as a society with like cheese or something flavorful with a, with a fictional narrative or a Francis McDormand type, someone who knows what they're doing in front of a camera. Um, so I think there's value there. I agree. It's a little messed up that it takes human psyches to get to that point, but I think it adds value. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I just, I think what ends up happening for me though, in it not being a documentary is mm-hmm. that as a film, it feels super disjointed. Yeah. And you already, and it's it's literally just these kind of series of disconnected, loosely connected vignettes. Right. And Mm -hmm. it, it, in particular, right. When you think about these transitions from the seasonal work at Amazon to then, I don't want to go to Bob Wells camp. And then she goes to Bob Wells camp and then it's, interactions with swanky and then swanky disappears and then the the kind of bob wells in and of himself is almost this weird and i don't mean this in like the religious way but like almost like a weird evangelical figure Mm -hmm. Um, yeah you know I, I I don't want to say cult leader because I don't think that this I don't think that nomads are like a cultish thing. I think it's a reaction, right? It's it's all of this feels like this serious reaction to the failure of capitalism and and how capitalism has failed communities and how capitalism has undermined communities in pushing the notion of independence and. Ultimately, what you have is you have people coming out of the back end of this. Like, I mean, it, it's it's almost like the factory where the sausage gets made and you don't want to see any of it. But then you get the irregular sausage and it's like, well, these fucking sausages got to go somewhere. And they oh, well, we all just want to hang out together. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't say that as a joke. I say that as like. It's not working. It's, it's not. It's not working. It's all a failure. The structure of the system has failed. And you've created a space where people are just looking for belonging and meaning and connection. And that's just as important, if not more important, than revenue and profits and progress. And I think that's the value in this film. Right? Like, I, I think that's, mm-hmm. like, I think it's, it's an interesting exploration of nomad culture. And it's, it's, I struggled to kind of like follow a through line because it's so disjointed and so isolated in, in the way it's, it's these pocketed vignettes. But I, I love, I love the kind of through line of, I'll see you down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I just, for me, if you found the right documentarian, 
like, I, fuck, maybe you could have gotten Errol Morris to just go and talk to these people. And I know this, that's not really kind of like his thing. He tends to do more sensationalized things, but but found someone who could go and connect with these people on a one-on-one basis and just get their stories. Would there have been more power in that? Now, would there have been broader appeal? I don't know. Right. And so to, to your point, JB, I think I think <laughs> you know, presenting this as a feature film does does that have a broader appeal? Probably so. But from a power and impact perspective, could it have been more impactful if it were a documentary? And I like I don't know, because that's not the film we got. Yeah. It's, and I'll, mean, stop, it's, I'll stop there. Like, I'm, yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's plenty of philosophical questions of like, what if this other reality happened? What if we could like hop between multiverses realities and like see the different outcomes? Because you also have to define what impact looked like. Is impact exposure to a problem or is it um, real deep understanding to a problem? Is it depth versus breadth? Is it sincerity versus a little bit of fiction? Uh, stuff like that. My, this thought came up while we're talking about it, but this movie and the story it's telling of a working class people responding to an economic downturn in a beautiful sort of vignette way reminds me a little bit of Steinbeck. Not saying it's as powerful as Steinbeck, but it definitely, it seems to be right in that same genre. That's just a comment. (laughs) No, no, it it definitely has like a grapes of wrath feel to it. Right. It, and mm-hmm. you know, more people are watching movies than reading books now. Like it's, it's not like that's a far stretch. I mean, fuck it. I mean, we're literally talking about the death of a town. Yeah. Because of a single employer. Seven months they lost the zip code. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's population reduction directly related to unemployment numbers. I don't even know you could lose a zip code. I don't even know the government did that. <laughs> that is a thing. It's real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Jesse. But listen, I've, I've I've been enjoying this back and forth because I think I I sit just a little bit in the middle on the fence on, on both of you on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what I've liked something a, a little more to to to, to kind of what you're describing, Gabriel. Probably, but yeah, but then again, like, but what, but what have we gotten? And a film about people and community was, was my big takeaway. I, and I think if it's going to be presented in this style, um, in this way, I, I'm, I'm more happy with the subtleties and as, as the film it is and, 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 and letting, and letting audiences take what they want from it and kind of jb's point right yeah are you exposing to a problem or to an issue or or or, or to a part of the society that you might not even aware is happening um and do i wish and i, and I struggle a bit because i even just I, I didn't read any critical reviews but i read a few things as i was posting it on letterbox and kind of what users letterbox was users and there was even like you know a little subset of people who are out crying that it didn't go far enough in 
you know, why wasn't Amazon really tackled into this in this film? And, and I mean, and all that. And and I can see their point. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that's not the film this was. This wasn't no. a film about um, going after Amazon. And, and, and then, you know, people were attacking. Oh, it's what's so nice. If you run into trouble, you can ask your sister for the money to fix your van or you can um, g- go to your family's house and live there. Um, and, and again, but again, I, I think that was the, you know, it's like, oh, our main characters have safety nets. Um, but again, I didn't think that to me, I was like, I, I'm not going to get into those waters because this is a movie about, but because I felt even then it's still about community and caring for people. And, and no matter what your situation there might be people you can turn to. Maybe it's a, a community of nomads. Maybe it's family members who will do what they can to support you um, in that. Because these are so our main characters, at least. These are people who have been put in some situational poverty. And and, and they're reacting to it. Um, Income shock. Well, yeah. it, even with Fern, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, she doesn't want to give up her autonomy and independence. Mm-hmm. She she needs a loan, mm-hmm. right? Like she needs a loan. That's a, that's and like, say, and, like said, and, and you could go into the world, yeah, and you could say, is this like the Amazon thing that's not pushed? You could say, well, well there, there's no where. How can you get a loan in this? How can you get back on your feet? And there's unless you have family members to to lean on at it, times. We can do the Amazon push thing if we want, yeah. but the reality is, like, let's look at the the U.S. gypsum like scenario which starts the whole spiral down mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why are we in a scenario in in you know what is essentially the you know the freest country in the world Bald yeah. Eagles, usa number one all the best pew, pew, yeah. Pew, no, so, 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 yeah so i think for right. me I, I like the fact that it's a movie that opens up and says this happened but we're really not going to get into no, in, in any of that, it's just. It but it's happens. ultimately it's the fallout from that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's the collapse, and and how fragile is the, the capitalist economic ecosystem? When in any given town, if you have a primary employer, mm-hmm. and they become obsolete, or they decide to cease production, how susceptible? Is the entire economy of that town who failing? And and that to me, so, so I don't think they needed to get into all the yeah. the Amazon bullshit. No, no, I agree. It, I think that's implied, mm-hmm. right? And, and I do appreciate that part of it. I don't. I don't think, it, like, if, yeah, if you if you wanted to, if this were a documentary, you get a little more deep in the nitty gritty oh, sure, of that thing. Sure. And and that's where maybe you get lost. I don't know. But as a film, I do think that was one of the smart choices they made. Like I, I think that was one of the brilliant choices that was made. It was look, we're we're gonna start you with this here. Here's our Star Wars screen crawl mm-hmm. of like <laughs> setting things up. A goddamn sheetrock plant shut down. Yeah, no, it is smart. Yeah, let's, and, start with, and let's start with episode four. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I agree. It's a sheetrock plant. The a sheetrock plant shut down. Now here we are. This is what's happened. 
what do you do? And, and, and we're going to follow this lady who represents one of these people. And it's, I don't know how you watch this film and not read it as an indictment of a shitty capitalist system. I mean, what is the, it's Empire Nevada, right? It's the name of the town. Yeah, Empire. No, all the subtleties, like, like I, I think there are a lot of, like, brilliant subtleties throughout the film. I, I do think the performances from like David Strathairn is like fantastic. I think Francis McDormand is fantastic. Obviously, the performances from these people who are not actors, who are real people who live in this world, mm-hmm. are a little stilted and at all. But that's also it's it's warming and and it's it's welcoming. Like. I, all right. You know, I think we I got didn't. To... I did. I didn't. I don't know. That this is a film that you enjoy watching. Like, even if you like the film, yeah. I don't know that you enjoy watching it. That right? Like, that might be true. Because of the nature of the subject matter and the and what you should ultimately walk away from the film with. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Let's do it. Let's vote. Let's wrap this up. I think we've. The audience knows we're at. We didn't get to our our, our early vote, but that's all right. We're voting at the end, and then we'll just move on to our game. Um, give our thoughts. We do great or not great. I mean, and uh, I'm gonna Let's say, do it. I'm going to say my. Sometimes things change. Sometimes they don't. I'll, I'll, I will say mine did not change throughout the course of our discussion. Sometimes I change my notes. All right, let's do it. One, two, three. I got a. I think that says great for JB. Mine says not one of the greats. Oh. Yeah. Mine changed. Oh, look at that. Great, but not. Was best picture. Oh, not best picture. <laughs> no. No. For <laughs> petroleum. No, it's definitely not best picture. And... No, I. Mm-hmm. It, I think it was this conversation that helped me kind of round around to, I, I do think this is a very valuable film. Not that, I, yeah. I think immediately after watching it, I was like, what did I just spend so much time watching? And it felt so disjointed and it was hard for me to really process. And I, like, I got these like, Oh, here's this indictment of capitalism. And here's this, like a presentation of alternative lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think through our conversation, it, 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 it just rounded itself around to this place of, no, these are all, it's all connected. Yeah. That's great. That's good to see what happens. And JB, I, I think I could tell you're, you're pretty feeling great about this. The discussion. I, I, you had a nice smile on your face when you talked about the film. I wouldn't. Yeah, I have a very romantic view of it, and I'll, again, it's the Southwest. I have road tripped mm-hmm. myself to the Southwest in much more privileged conditions, and Ludovico Inaudi has been my boy for over a decade. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I don't know if I'm. You know, there were some. Both of your points also moved me closer to a great. On on, on the thing, it just. Yeah, it's one of those. I watched it. 
and then I was like, wow, that was there's some there's some stuff good stuff happening here. And I don't know if well, it's a little bit of my like oh, anti best picture <laughs> rebuttal. Um, so maybe that's why I like your note, Gabriel. And, mm. and, and then I'd seen what I felt some more powerful films of, of, of recent memory. Um, though that should not be a determinant. And just because I don't think something's not a great, for, in my eyes, doesn't mean I still, I still really, really enjoyed it. But then also this film dropped off my radar, uh, speaking honestly, almost the second I got done watching it. Like, it was good. And then I just didn't think about it again. And that's usually my metric I use for um, great, not great. That's fair. I'm I'm not I'm not on a separate page. Yeah, but both of your you, but, but, but both you of your dis- like, yeah both <laughs> of your discussions. I was like, oh boy, I'm feeling feeling a little bit like a jerk here because I've had not great written since we started this talk. Well, no, I I, I was literally sitting. I almost pre-wrote not great like I, yeah. on a piece of paper because. I'm like, what did we need the seven minute lecture about the different size buckets and which one defecates in? <laughs> like, but the more I started to think about the, the just the social context and and kind of, I I really wish this had been a documentary. I do. I I honestly do. I think it would have been more powerful as a documentary. I don't think you're going to convince people who are libertarians or uber conservatives like via a film anything more than you would convince them of via a documentary. But in JB's argument of accessibility and and this notion of <laughs> let's let's just tell a story as a as a disjointed series of vignettes um, rather than let's just have a series of disjointed vignettes that like that made sense to me and it 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 just resonated in a different way yeah, yeah. Well, i think it's also written it's takes after a book so mm-hmm. it might also just have been following the format of the book it was written for that's not uh, this is never an excuse yeah lots of liberties are taken with written source material yeah would you take a do would you take a story though and turn it into a documentary like does that transition happen often well but if it's a story built around real people in a real community why that inspire you yeah your why that wasn't your story just like authentic to begin with yeah Ah, privacy all I know too is you're already having those conversations. Yeah. You you're not you're not publishing. You no, know, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I nonfiction I narratives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's Listen, it's a lot, but it's, it's a lot. I'm, I'm excited to see what she does with the Eternals. You know, if it's the same kind of movie, I want to see Kumail and Johnny going through the outer space in a in a van. <laughs> Space, uh, space ball style. Look, man, yeah. if if she can in, in, inflect like humanity into a superhero film and yeah. still let it be a superhero film, I'm super excited to watch that. I really am. I think she's a very capable director who's very good eye for framing. Mm-hmm. 
and and understanding like how to coax performances out of people. I just there's only so much you're gonna coax out of folks who aren't actors. Yeah. You know, and in a film setting. Mm-hmm. And JB, you've mentioned it a couple times now, I think on air, off air, um, the Florida project. You're making me feel at some point we're gonna have to circle <laughs> around and visit that film again. Uh, A24. I know. Become a little move over moonlight. I haven't seen Florida Project since it came out. Uh, mm. But every time you mention it, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta see that film again. Soon. So we'll see. Chloe, Chloe first got made it big with songs my brothers taught me, which is a I haven't seen it, but that name is familiar. I don't know. No. We'll, we'll leave on that thought. Um, Nomadland, one of the greats. And uh, to close out this long podcast, let's play a game real quick. Um, here's the game. So jump in here quickly. We're going to take, um, we're looking at a, a wheel with all three of our names on it because we got to do some choices here. We're going to play the Control F game for Nomadland. It, it really would have been an easier vote overall if just it. Honestly, if Francis McDormand had not been a part of the equation. It might be. Okay, what if it was argument. Willem Dafoe? If it was Willem Dafoe as Fern. No, yes. I, don't, I don't feel like... I don't know what his political agenda is. I just know he's insane. Willem <laughs> Dafriend. All right, let's play this game. Willem Dafriend. Let's get this thing you in. You choose. So, so I don't have to edit down a longer podcast. <laughs> All right, so uh, Control-F, we play games at the end of each episode to get some points. Uh, currently, the standings, I have two points. Gabriel and JB each have one. Once one of us gets to four, we get to champion a film. For the Control-F game, which is today's game, we look at some critic reviews, and we uh, guess how many times a particular word is used. A lot of times, I just bring the word to the table. I pick a random word. But I wanted to, at season two, we have to change up Control-F every once in a while. So there's three categories or three deciding factors of our control F, three three elements, if you will. And each of us are going to pick one. So gentlemen, we're going to spin the wheel. You'll get to pick what you want. Um, and But here's how this works. There my three choices, if once your name gets picked, we have number one is called simply the best or hot garbage. You can decide, are we taking the top critic reviews, the highest reviews? Um, review scores or the lowest you know a lot of times we pick from the top of the pile or the bottom of the pile so you can decide do i want to pick the, the critics who really liked it or are we going to pick from the critic reviews of the ones who didn't like it the second one is what's the word well, i don't have the word today so if your name gets dropped on the spin and you want to pick the what's the word you can pick our word and then the third choice you will have if it's remaining is three four or five are you going to pick three reviews, four reviews, or five? And then we'll have those different um, criteria in place for that. Wild. So I'm just going to spin the wheel, and you can pick. Do you want to pick the you know the the ranking, the word, or the quantity of reviews we'll look at? And um, maybe you can use this to your favor. I don't know. All right, so we'll spin Arbitrarily it. Arbitrarily pick some things, and yeah. then, you know, uh, I already forgot the rules. Perfect. Oh, it doesn't matter. I go first. Um, so the t- <laughs> you won. So, so no, my choices are my choices are I can either pick the top or the bottom of the pile, 
the word or the number of reviews we're going to look at. I'm picking the number of reviews and we're going to be looking at four reviews for this. Mm. So, so when we, so when we come down to our selection, it's going to be four reviews and uh, four whoever, reviews. whoever gets picked next can decide if they want the word or the, and it's going to be Gabriel. Well, I'm sorry, I'm going to get that. So Gabriel, <laughs> you can either pick what word are we looking for in these reviews or you want the top four critic reviews or the bottom four? Mm. Which, one, which one would it be in? JB will get the default. Which is already, so this is for Nomadland. Nomadland. Which Don't is mess sitting, it up, guys. This was sitting at a 94 Rotten Tomato. Uh, oof. And that's where we pull our, our reviews. We, we pick the critics. I just don't, I don't even know what random ass word I would pick for us. Well, you can try to pick a word that would be to your advantage. If, I don't know how that'd be your advantage, but you might think, "Oh, I have a feeling this nomad, nomad, <laughs> no, like the actual word nomad." Oh man! All right. Which could be mentioned as nomad, nomads, nomad land. So will we count nomad land as well? The title of the film. Or just, or, just, or just the individuals as like nomad, like a nomad or nomads. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to go with bottom, bottom four. Oh, you're doing the bottom four. All right. Putting the bottom. word on JB. So, so I JB, like it. JB's going to have to pick the word. Nice move. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Spin the wheel. No, I don't, I'm not spinning the wheel. The wheel's gone. <laughs> Well, it's gone. We don't. I don't think we need to spin this at the point where two of the three options are gone. <laughs> We're gonna do the word road. 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 R O A D. Road. Right. Road. Such a weird. Such a weird road. It's such a weird word. All right. So we'll be, looking, we'll be looking at the lowest four, the bottom four critic reviews for Nomadland on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, looking for the word road. Looking for the word road. So we got to write down how many times do we think road? Road. That may be one of my favorite Chris Farley scenes in a film ever. I got my number. I'm not going to change my number. I feel good. Man, the word road. See, I was thinking Fargo. I was like, I'll just throw Fargo in there. How many times are you going to mention Fargo? <laughs> Zero. I know. It's a tough one. You don't know. Does everyone mention Fargo once? All right. So once everybody's got their I'm number, good. let me know. JB's got his number. I got my number. Everybody's got a number. Except you. Oh, well, I have a number, <laughs> I think, maybe. 54, 46 was my number. Toots and the Maytals. What? Give it to me one time. <gasps> That's too many times. Sometimes you don't need it more than Give it to me times. two times. <gasps> four total reviews, bottom four, Word bottom Road. Four. Word Road. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna look here real quick. 
You got your number? Yep. Okay. Oh, I clicked the wrong thing. All right. So who wants to share? I thought we were just going to share a number. No, we'll share a number. My number is, I said eight. I said eight. Oh, my God, JB. I said 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. All right. So. Well, Good luck, Jesse. If you guys have been a tie and we, we figure out the tiebreaker, if if it's more than eight, do I automatically win? If it's more, no, it's, it's so whoever's, we always do closest to the uh, the number mm -hmm. here. So that would be, if you get. But if it's more without going over. No, we always just scoot What closest. if there are nine? If there's no? nine, I think it's going to be, or JB, do we want to give it to him because we're tied? Normally it would be us, right? Because we're closest. Yeah, we'll give it to him if it's over eight. Man, all right. I don't feel like it's going to be over eight. And I think I'm, I'm checking real quick. <laughs> it went high. I was like, I don't. It's such a generic word, but, you know, reviewers like. Road. Maybe they say avenue and street. Highway. <laughs> give me one second here. They do a synonym check and just like copy or replace every time they see the word road. The dream. I really it's going to be less than eight. So, um, all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, we always use. That's what it is. We use Metacritic for this, not Rotten Tomato, because Rotten Tomato does not put them in order. I'm seeing. So let me jump over to Metacritic. Do it. Yeah, because they don't. They don't put it in order. Why is that unholy? Metacritic. Oh, sorry, messing up here. What is going on? Metacritic. Can't type. That's why we need our interns. If you're listening and you want to apply for an internship, we're apply still taking the applications. They close at the end of May. Um, <laughs> little questionnaire, little resume, CV. We'll do CV. It's a little right, so I thought list. we had discussed that we might be extending those applications to the end of June. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's still in the air. Anyways, well, that gives you plenty of time. Go ahead and apply. Give us a shout. <laughs> Tweet at us. Oh, my God. And, uh... Yeah, what do you, oh, my God? Did you just find a lot of roads? No, no <laughs> I haven't even pulled it up yet because it keeps going to all the things but the movie I want. Search better. Try this. Okay, here. There we go. Or just there we go. Line on like a bunch of Billy Eilish. So we're gonna see all fifty-four reviews. We're gonna go to the bottom four. Bottom four on Metacritic. Man, they pick the top four for Roads. So the lowest score is the New Yorker at a sixty. And mm. So then we'll go here, and here we go. Let's see how many times the New Yorker uses the word. Road, we're going to control F, R O A D. It's saying, oh, JB, we lost this bet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> In the New Yorker alone, it appears the word road is used five times. Oh, One, God. Two, just confirming that's not outside of the review. Yeah. Maybe so, I well, I mean, right. you know, for your sake, maybe they it was used less in the other bottom right. three. So the New Yorker. Five times we have road. We're on, on the second review. It's in the title. It's a road <laughs> film. 
it is it's it is a road film to be fair okay yeah we're, yeah we're, that's we're, why i chose the word we're sitting at oh, 10 one, now there's man five, damn i'm already up to i'm already up to seven eight there's five roads in the film stage review of um this. so we're already at 10 but just for just for fun we'll see where it takes us with, with with paste Maybe they have negative roads. And then I will lose. Now, Paste is more like it. Paste Magazine used the word road once because they have a more expansive vocabulary in that publication. Good job. So they're sitting at at 11. So, Gabriel, let's see. If there's negative roads in the next. If if you get a perfect score here, and this, it always, because you could have a perfect score at 11 here. Um, we're going to end on Real Views, R-E-E-L, which I believe earlier in this show, Real Views has played a decisive role in things. I really don't want to have a party score. I, you didn't get one. Well, again. don't count that one because in the ad. Then, dude, you got – no, you got 12. Yeah. You got 12. You got 12, so no perfect score because – I'll take so, so you are. I'd rather not. I feel like it's let. Like I, I would have felt like it was rigged if I'd guessed eleven and we got eleven exactly. No, it would have just been impressive. Yeah. I mean, shit. I still. I guess eleven. There were twelve. But I mean, you still like is so that the, not impressive? No. To the original rules, closest to the pin, closest to the number, um, one over. You're still much closer than our eight. Definitely, it's so pretty impressive. We're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna stop talking. That's your yeah. second point. Good work. Um, what is it? Nomadland, one of the greats, one of the greatest movies of all time. And uh, that's all for us. And at this point, we're going to mute ourselves and let Gabriel get the last two minutes of this podcast or less, whatever you need. Go. No, I don't, I don't, shit on them. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I really like this film. I, I do, I, I do like Nomadland. I, th- I think there's, there's some important storytelling being captured in this film. Was it the best picture? I don't think so. I think there were better performances in Promising Young Woman. Um, I, I think there was better storytelling in Minari. Um, I'd I think there was better acting in Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, that doesn't mean that we didn't get a lot of great films in a year where we couldn't go and sit in the cinema and, and watch these films as theatrical releases. I just think we we need to be better across the board at looking at the nuance of film and and really evaluating what's what's part of the record like what 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 was the editing like what is the story being told and i think we can have lots of great films in a, any given year, that that doesn't mean we need to give like best picture awards to a film. 
because we feel like we need to tick off certain criteria. That's all. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good there's a lot of good film out there. And we should all be open to exploring that. Seeing where it takes us. And what it makes us feel. See if yesterday's improved any. Yesterday. Still haven't got around to that one. Well, you know, you got the rest of your life. Can't bring myself to it yet. Yeah, same. Same, same, same.